The violence in the news reminds us all that we all deserve safety. But what does a safe school or neighborhood look like? Armed guards, fences, metal detectors? For some anti-violence advocates on Chicago's South Side, safety looks like music, food, checking in on your neighbors. Tamara Manasa leads masks, mother and mothers and men against senseless killings. After a neighbor was murdered on her block, she and other moms started patrolling daily in bright pink shirts and throwing pizza parties and barbecues where everyone was invited. Tamar Manasa joins us now. Tamar, welcome back to Reset. Hi, good morning. Good. Excuse my voice. I'm a little under the weather. Sorry, oh, God. it's okay. <clears throat> Happy Friday. Um, I know it's been a tough week um, for everyone. How, how are you doing? Um, it's just been a mess. It's it's been a mess with COVID and with violence and violence here and violence there and just violence everywhere. It's been a lot. Mm-hmm. This has been a lot. You know, I can't imagine, I mean, how others are coping. I have such a great support system and, you know, I have a lot of friends and I get out, but I can't imagine what it's like for people that don't have that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's just this has been a rough week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let's back up for those who aren't familiar. Could you fill us in on, on your story and the story of Mask, how, how Mask got started? Um, well, Mask got started because, uh, you know, something has to be done, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's always saying, you know, somebody needs to do something about the violence. And we rarely look at ourselves, you know, kind of point the finger back at ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, maybe I'm the one that I've been waiting on, Right. We are the ones we've been waiting on. So we started um, Mass back in 2014 when a mom was murdered on 75th and Stewart. And um, it just seemed like it was like the last straw. It was like, how do you, if kids are going to be murdered, if men are going to be murdered, if, I mean, what, what happens when you start killing moms? Who, who's left to raise the kids? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that was, you know, that really lit a fire under me. So we really had to find a way to do something, you know, like to do, just do something. Mm -hmm. And the something was just getting out and keeping eyes on the street and addressing food insecurity. That's, that's what it was. And it's just, you know, kind of just grown since then. Right. And so for two years after you guys started from 2015 to 2017, that block in Englewood had no fatal shootings. So it it was working, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I believe it's still working, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think what I've learned in the in the past couple of years is that kids who are really little, like, you know, two and three when we first started on the block, those kids are now like nine. Mm-hmm. They're a different kind of kid, right? They are kids who are interested in playing. They're more curious. They um, seem to just be generally overall happier. Mm-hmm. They're just happier kids because every summer now they, I mean, for most of their lives, they've gotten to do these really awesome things during the summer. They get art, they get food, they get to come hang out, they ride bikes, they play ball, they do science experiments, they do all of these things in a safe environment every day all summer, and they've done it pretty much most of their lives now. That's amazing. And so it just really creates a different kind of kid. It's a kid who really looks forward to not what will happen next, but what will I learn next? Uh-huh. What what do they have in store for me this summer? Right. So they're super excited, to, you know, to come and be with us over the summer. So I love that. I love that. Now, your newest project is called Power from the Flower. What is yes. that? Talk about that. Is that this it's, summer's project? Yep, that's this summer's project. We are doing Power from the Flower, and um, we're kind of doing an experiment. You know, 75th and Stewart is kind of like our lab. So we kind of experiment with anything that we think would interrupt violence, anything that could. So this year we're going to be planting um, a large flower garden. 
beautiful. with all different kinds of wildflowers that will bring butterflies and different wildlife to the block. Rabbits and, you know, bunnies and stuff like that. Kids love that. And, um, like, you know, kids who need community service hours for high school are going to come and help. So all summer we're going to have different kids there helping with this. Because the idea is most of the time in neighborhoods, whether the south and west side, you see a lot of community gardens. And they're mostly just for sustenance. It's not for the beauty of it. And we really want to experiment and see, do ugly things happen in places where there's this kind of beauty, right? So how does that, what kind of psychological effect does that have on the people in the neighborhood? To see flowers, to see ivy, to see all of these beautiful things that people in other neighborhoods get to see all the time, but we don't necessarily get to see those so much in black and brown communities like mine. Yeah. And so is it, are you planting them all along the block or in specific, on different blocks? It's, 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 we're planting them in our yard and it's going to be a big flower bed and people can come help. They can come and pick flowers. They can come and do all of that. They can be a part of the whole process with us. So we're going to start with the one and see how that goes and keep it going. Yeah. And just, just keep it going. I mean, green spaces and, and flowers and nature are therapeutic in any neighborhood, but even more so in a neighborhood where there's high levels of violence. Mm-hmm. And a lot of poverty. Sure. So um, it's it's that saying, you don't want to look like what you've been through. We don't want it to look like what we've been through on that block. It shouldn't look blighted. It shouldn't look sad. It shouldn't look impoverished. It shouldn't look like that. It should look like there's life here, right? There's life. It's not just vacant lots. It's not just weeds and, you know, bare spots of grass. It's life here. We want it to look like that. We want it to reflect the life that we feel when we're there. Mm-hmm. Now, on your website, you say you are not an activist. You are just a mother. What do you say to people, other mothers, other parents, other people who want to advocate for nonviolence but um, don't really know how, how other than to go to a protest or call their legislator? I say they just they, they start somewhere. You know, going to a protest or calling a legislator is great. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's hands-on. Get to know your kids' friends, right? Get to know their friends' friends if you can. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I did this because I wanted to save my kids. But the idea was it became in order to save my kids, I had to save their friends and their mm-hmm. friends' friends because your kids, they don't live in a vacuum. You know, they know all of these people. So you really do have to care about all the kids. You have to care about everybody's kids. So that's why I would say you start. You start by getting to know your your kids' friends. That's super important. They have a really big influence on your children. And so you really do want to know the people that have an influence on your kids. Have a conversation with them like you would with your own children. Mm-hmm. What kind of conversations have you been having with your <laughs> kids and other children this week and other parents, really? Um, I think we've talked a lot about... Um, the idea of how so many Chicagoans, because now my kids are adults, mm-hmm. and we've talked about how many, some, so many Chicagoans are moving away to escape the violence in Chicago. Chicago is just what hemorrhaging citizens, right? And it's kind of like the thing is now anywhere you live in America, wherever you live, it's not safer in that place. The violence just hasn't gotten to you yet. So random, it hasn't gotten around to you yet. It's not necessarily the gangs or the poverty. It's the guns at this point. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. So they are in your safe neighborhoods. It, it's not just the gangs with the guns anymore. It's the 18-year-old, you know, 
who's who's sullen and who who barely leaves their room and who you know it's that guy it's that kid now it's not necessarily just inner city kids with these guns anymore mm-hmm. so there's nowhere no nobody's safe i mean just look what happened downtown look what happened on the north side and all of these and look what's happening in high park and all of these neighborhoods in chicago that are supposed to be the safe neighborhood when people from the unsafe neighborhoods go into the safe neighborhoods or the neighborhoods they perceive to be the safest they take themselves with them mm-hmm. you take you wherever you go so if you live in a neighborhood where it's not safe, you feel like you need to protect yourself when you leave that neighborhood. And even if you're going somewhere safe, you still need to be protected from people who are coming from un- other unsafe neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And then you do meet up in a safe place and mayhem ensues. Yeah. And so that's why we really need to focus on making all of our neighborhoods safe. Mm-hmm. That needs to be a priority for us. How do we make all of these neighborhoods equally safe? So it's not one or two that's safe and then they experience all of this unusual violence. Just make them all safe so people don't have to necessarily leave their neighborhood to go and enjoy our city safely. Mm-hmm. You can just go outside your house. You can go to, the, to your corner. We have, to, we have to get back to that. We have to get back to actually caring about what goes on on a block-by-block basis. Right. And on that, you know, your website is ontheblock.org. Um, and yeah. it is, you talk a lot about the block. What responsibilities do you think people have to their own individual blocks? To know their neighbors. I think that is the basic responsibility, to know your neighbors, Mm -hmm. to know your neighbors. Those are the people that are going to have your back. Those are the people that are going to see somebody if they're trying to break in your house or break in your car, or if it's somebody, you know, that's unusual in the neighborhood that, you know, doesn't quite fit, that we haven't seen around here before. That is, that that those are the people who are going to give you a call. You're going to call them and say, hey, I know you guys are on vacation, but, you know, I just saw a light come on in your house or something like that. Mm -hmm. You have to get to know your neighbors. You know, we're so big on social media these days, but not very big on socializing, on actual socialization. We don't talk to each other. And we really do get to, we we really need to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. We need our kids to know each other. We need them to play outside like normal kids again. We need that. Because if they're saying, hey, it's these video games that are making kids violent, it's this, it's this, it's that. Well, there are no video games outside. I mean, there's a bike, there's a basketball (laughs) hoop, there's jump ropes. There's chalk, there's stuff there's like real that, life video no games. Video <laughs> uh, so you're listening to Reset. I'm Becky Vivi in for Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about what a safe community looks like with Tamar Manasa. She's founder of Mask, Mothers and Men Against Senseless Killings. You know, earlier this week, we talked to a company that provides private armed security guards in, in the Bucktown neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Do you see Mask as a, kind of an alternative to that approach with police and, and private security? Absolutely. I don't think I don't think neighborhoods really need that. If the people are willing to actually get out of their houses and, like I said, meet their neighbors, if you sit on the porch, it's less likely that violence will occur in your neighborhood. If you're actually outside and you're watching and people see you seeing them, it's less likely that violence will occur on your block. Because the thing is, people who commit violent crime, people who commit crimes, period, they don't want to get caught. Sure, they might want to commit the crime, but they don't want to get caught for it. And they know if it's 25 people sitting outside on a block and all of these people are watching, chances are you're going to get caught. Mm -hmm. Now, this morning, 
Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just a deterrent. That's it. It's a, it's a deterrent. And so when you have those kind of deterrents, you don't necessarily need armed security. Right. right? You can be your own deterrent deterrent right. just by being outside. Now, right. this morning, Le- Le- Mor- Mayor Lori Lightfoot this morning visited Holstein Park, also in Bucktown, to tout Chicago Park District programs, to talk about, you know, preparation for the weekend, the holiday weekend. She mentioned beaches, reopening, lakefront reopening, festivals in Grant Park. And she she kind of changed her tone that she's had recently. And she said, you know, we should not and cannot be afraid um, of black and brown kids coming downtown because it is their city, too. I, I would love your take on what you think broadly, um, how you think the mayor's approach to violence has been working. I don't think it's been working. I mean, I just don't think so. I don't think it's been working. I don't I don't think so. Um, Chicago is a rough city. It just is. It's hard for anybody. And I really believe um, this has just really been a challenge for this mayor. It's just it's a challenge for any mayor, mm-hmm. I can imagine. But um, you really have to have a relationship with this city to be effective here, kind of. Mm-hmm. You really have to love it, you, warts and all. You have to love it from the south side to the north side, from the lakefront to the west side. You have to love it, right? And the thing is, it's kind of like, you know, it's what you say and what you do at first. But then if you back up off of it, it changes things, but it really doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. Because if... If black kids are afraid, if you're afraid to go downtown because you might be profiled and you might get locked up or something, you're going to stay in your neighborhood and miss a chance. If neighbor, if your neighborhood isn't safe and you can't go to where you perceive as a safer neighborhood, something bad might happen to you in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the idea of black kids and brown kids being afraid to move about the city freely now. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that's going to take if that has an effect on them. I don't I don't know. But I, I really feel like. um like, maybe we should have thought that one through a bit more mm-hmm. before we put it out there, yeah. right? You know, the mayor's office is trying to develop uh, and help more block clubs throughout the summer and recreate programs like yours, like Mask. And I'm wondering if, you know, if you were an advisor to them, how would you talk to them about doing that? The mayor's office won't talk to me. I've, I've tried to talk to the mayor when the mayor first became the mayor. Mm-hmm. And, like, I never got a chance because, I mean, I felt like I'd earned that. I'd earned the right to have a conversation with the mayor of Chicago about violence in Chicago after sitting out on a street corner day in, day out for years. I thought I'd earned that, but I guess not. And so now it seems like maybe you're watching from afar, but still they don't know what it takes to get it to run. They don't understand. It's the level of commitment that goes into it. It's the consistency. This is something you have to do every day. It's not something that you do, you show up at a, at a march or something like that. It's not a once a week thing. It's not an every couple of weeks thing. It's not a once a month thing. It's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. If violence occurs in our city every day, we have to find a way to fight it every day. Right. It can't be sporadic. This is not a special event. Fighting violence is not a special event. It's not a pop-up. It's not that. It's something we do every day. It has to become a way of life for us, right? Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't feel like um, they've really made, they understand that level of commitment, that they are willing to invest in block clubs in in communities like that, where they can actually, you know, sustain, help people sustain something like what we do every day. Provide meals for a block for a whole month or two months. It's nothing for the city to pay for that. Yeah. It's nothing. It's nothing. If you know that this is going to make things better, why not do that? Why not do it? 
That is a great question. And I could talk to you all day, but we are out of time, Tamar Manasa. Thank you so much for joining us. 